Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Are you ready for the Word today? I am praying that God is going to speak to us this morning in a way that causes us to move forward, that causes transformation. So without any further delay, let's get this thing started. We are in our second week of our Freedom Series right now. And how many of you got a chance to hear last week's series, uh, last week's message? It was focusing on the, on your ability to keep joy, how to recover, how to return to joy, and that being a form of and a barometer for the amount of freedom you're able to live in and exist in. Today, we're going to focus on another point. If you are um, new to Anthem, I just want to welcome you. Thank you for coming and thank you for joining us. Those who are watching online also, we just want to welcome you into our big home, our big family. Uh, God bless you. <laughs> as I was preparing for this, there was a statement that just rang within my heart. As the, It's so true. It says, I believe that God wants us to live lives that are free from addiction, oppression, aimlessness, and misery. I believe that God wants us to live lives filled with faith, hope, love, and trusting relationships that will move us forward and upward. Do you agree with that this morning? In 2013, I went through a season of life that, oh my goodness, it was, it was a real true challenge. I'll tell you a little bit about it. I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and I said these words to myself. I said, I feel like God loves me, but I don't know if he likes me. I was, and, and I, the things that were going on, I began to rehearse this thought pattern in my mind over and over. And I was dealing with some issues where my health was struggling quite a bit. There was a year that I couldn't lift one of my legs and I was in constant, constant aching back pain and I would be there was something going on with my body to where I was like vomiting and throwing up and sometimes throwing up blood it was a dark moment not only that I, I spent uh, about eight or nine years working and getting opportunities to write music for film and composition and stuff like that, film and commercials. And I had a $50,000 deal fall through on a, during that exact same time. And that was, it just dissolved right in front of my very eyes. Um, there was a big movie that I actually scored all the way through and, and there, very big names that were attached to this particular movie and it got shelved by the primary funder and they were like ah, oh, our our window to release this thing it kind of passed and so 
there are a handful of just extreme disappointments. There was even, this is kind of silly, there was a moment when I, I, I began to feel like I was failing in life so much to the point that I, but there was a birthday that I had come around, my wife will remember this, and I, I literally wanted, um, I was like, all I want to do is go down to Clackamas High School and kick field goals while my wife and kids watch. <laughs> I was like, that's what I wanted to do, literally, for my birthday. So we get out there to to the to the Clackamas High School tra uh, track and, and football field, and I got to this kicking tee and got a football, and I set up on the 20-yard line. And the ball was like, <laughs> okay, so it's a little harder than I thought. I scoot up to the 15, couldn't make it. To the 10, couldn't make it. By the way, this other leg didn't work. So, hey. so I, I eventually end up moving to the goal line, like the goal line to kick the thing in, and it like flies in the air and like, bing, hits the goal post and just barely bounces through. And I just, like Charlie Brown, I just hang my head. I'm like, man, <laughs> I, I, I literally felt like the things that I was good at, I was bad at now. Um, I had a moment where a really, really close friend uh, once was over at the house, and he said a comment to me that, oh, it, it just wasn't needed at that time. He said, man, it, it, he was talking about in the area of worship, and stuff he goes man you're dying out there I just can't bear to watch you anymore like, okay <laughs> this all was happening during this time it was it was so bad that there was a moment my my parents are here right now uh just god bless them <laughs> There was a moment that I actually was on the phone with them and I was uh, I was talking on the phone with them and I was like I just don't know if I can do this anymore. I I like I'm not sure if I can I if I can handle this. I I don't know if I want to just keep doing this or not or I I I was just kind of thinking through and even rehearsing in my head like how to get out of all of everything. And that's was a not good place. And in the midst of all of that, I felt like a failure. I felt unloved. I felt, I felt loved but unlovable. I, I was in prison in my own heart and mind, captive to failed expectations and negative self-talk, captive to cravings for approval of my peers and leaders. I was captive to the American dream and serving it with all of my energy and attention. I was captive to anger, rage, disgust, sadness, loneliness, shame. Pastor Jeffrey Allen Scott, captive. I was a prisoner in mourning that I would never be as young again as I was, as fast or as quick, as handsome, as fit. I felt that opportunities were expiring around me and that I had just ruined all of my chances for the life that God intended for me. I was incarcerated in a mental prison. That was my sentence to serve. However, it was in this place that I learned that freedom 
happens together. This is actually the title of our message this week, that freedom happens together. Our key Bible scripture for this particular series is Galatians 5, chapter 1, and it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Notice the that us and yourselves, these are plural words. These are and and these are things talking about what is what Christ has done for us not just for me but for us and today we're going to focus on ways in which scripture magnifies God's desire to see freedom happen in the context of community rather than just alone amen all right let's jump in would you take a look at Genesis 2 18 with me let's read this out loud the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Genesis. This is in pre-sin, pre-fall. This is in paradise. And all the other things that God said in paradise was, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then he says the statement, it is not good even though all conditions appear to be perfect. Is your picture of salvation, life, and life more abundantly complete without others? I have a friend that said this statement. I'm sure you've heard this. Maybe you've said this. Just listen along. I love God. I read the Bible. I pray. I do good things. But church is so messy and people are so fake. I have matured in my faith to where I don't need church any longer. Is this picture complete? Is this a lacking nothing uh, situation? Will this strategy accomplish God's design for the world to be saved? Can there be a multiplication of efforts and can the voice of the church ever be heard this way with every man, woman, boy, or girl in their own personal spiritual silo? Can the world be miraculously loved and saved through this strategy? Or does this create a perfect target practice for the enemy? Individuals with no connection, no accountability, and living with secret struggles, suffering in silence, fearing biblical connection with others. I think that's worth a thought. When I think about maturing, there's a person that comes to mind in my family, <laughs> probably the most matured individual in our entire family is someone that we refer to as Madeer. Now, I'm not talking about Tyler Perry's Madeer, which is a movie that some of you have seen and some of you are like, huh, who is that? What is that? But we had an individual in our family that was like the matriarch of our family, and we called her Madeer. And for those of you who don't know what Madeer means, it means mother dear, mother dear. But when you country, 
you say, Madir. <laughs> and the interesting thing about Madir is that she was constantly, constantly concerned with the family gathering together. Don't forget your family. Gather together, pray for one another, cry with one another. Uh, whatever needs to happen, do not forget your family. This is my picture of someone who has matured. They are, they are, they are conscious of more than their own needs and their own personal safety and security, but they are concerned with others. So I want to go through a couple of things that I think are God's picture, God's picture for community, all right? If you have your notes, you can write these down. If you don't have your notes, you can write these down or you can take screenshots as needed, but let's move forward. Let's look at Hebrews 10, chapter 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. This scripture tells me that one of God's picture for community is that when we meet, we encourage. Can we read that out loud? When we meet, we encourage. Now, encouragement sometimes means spurring one another in love. Have you ever been spurred? <laughs> it don't feel good, but it is sometimes the most loving thing that needs to happen. And other times, being encouraged is that pat on the back and someone saying, you can do this don't give up on your marriage. You can do this. You know what? We're going to pray for the next 30 days about that situation, and we're going to see God break through in that situation. That is the encouragement. That That is a gift from God, and it's found in community. Hard to do alone. Can you look to your neighbor and say, you need both? Let's look at James chapter five, verse 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins one to, to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. You know what this tells me? Uh, this, this picture of God's community says this. Let's read it together. It says, when, oh, on the next slide, it says, when we meet, we choose to be transparent. It's very hard to pray for one another unless there comes, we come to a place where we're willing to be transparent. Amen? Transparency deals with, it, it, it feels dangerous because trust has to grow over time. And if you, uh, if you will make a promise that you will not be fake, you will be healthier in life. You will be better off. If you will choose, you're like, I don't know if I trust everybody to share all my business and all that stuff, but I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be me. Do you know how much energy and effort people spend on a week-to-week -week basis trying to 
hide what's going on and who they really are and what they're really thinking and what's really processing. And if you try to do that in a biblical community, what it will do is it will fatigue you so much that you won't want to be there. It's too much energy to try. So let's just clear the slate today. You don't have to be fake. Come as you are. Wherever you are, that's where you need to start. It's very hard to get to a destination if you cannot be honest with yourself and acknowledge, here's where I really am. This is my real starting point. Now, what do I do next? Otherwise, when you go to take the next step, you're like, oh, I'm going to join this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. That might not be the next step for where you truly are. Somebody say, we choose to be transparent. In the scripture, that same scripture says another uh, a thing that really grabbed my attention, and it says, when we meet, we pray for one another. Say that together. When we meet, we pray for one another. Now, that's not hard for me to do because I've had a lot of practice, but do you know that there are people sitting in this room that feel really self-conscious about, oh, I, I don't know what to pray I have never prayed out loud. Um, I don't have all the right spiritual words, right? And I'll just throw this out. <laughs> this one's for free. If you don't know what to pray, here's a thing that you can do. If you own a smartphone or you have a Bible, uh, start with your smartphone. Look up on Google scriptures about, and then you find a thing. And then, so you, you're, you're not familiar with the scripture. You can, you can Google it. It's okay. You look it up and you say scriptures about healing. And then you take that scripture while you're gathered around. You're like, I'm not really sure what to, to pray, but I want to read this scripture. I hope it encourages you. Those simple words are more profound than God who stands upon the rock. <laughs> you do not need to be eloquent with your speech. Pray from your heart. This is, this is going to help somebody. There are people that, that could be reaching out and could be loving on, uh, on people in this community, but they're afraid. Like, they don't, I don't, I, I don't have all the right words. Pray the scripture. Those are the rightest words you'll ever, ever come across. You read Psalms 103, verse 1, 2, and 3. And, and the extra tip is this. Just read it out, uh, read it in your head before you get there so you don't just like turn to a scripture and like, God smote the... <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> next, next verse, please. <laughs> right? <laughs> this will help you. Okay, so th these are things. Psalms 1, Psalm 1, Psalm 15, these are amazing scriptures that you can take even this week, and you can begin to read and pray and encourage yourself with the Word of God. Psalm 1, Psalm 15, these are great. Especially if you're a guy, Psalm 15, that one's for you. All right, are you ready? The next one that we find from that scripture says, when we meet, say it with me, when we meet, we find healing together. Who doesn't want access to that? That is abundant life. That is an advantage in any situation that you can 
come together with a group of people and because of being connected to this group of people, they don't have to be superstars. They're, they're, they're everyday people that, that love God and just choose to connect together. Imagine that being God's strategy for you overcoming. That is really valuable. Let's look at Ephesians chapter four, verses one through three. This is something that Paul says. He says, as a prisoner in the Lord, then I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, read the underlying part with me, bearing with one another in love and with diligence to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. If all that didn't make a ton of sense, the underlying part is the point. It says, when we meet, we, say it with me, we bear with one another in love. It is inevitable that if you connect on a greater level with more and more people, you're going to brush into people's crazy. You'll... It, one day they'll have an off day and you'll just run up against their crazy or they're gonna brush into your crazy. It, if you, when you begin to commit to walking in relationship with other individuals, you're eventually, sooner or later, gonna come into contact with something that makes you go, Um, what, what's happening right here. And when that happens, that scripture that Paul <laughs> said is for you, that it, in humility, patience, you're going to bear with one another in love. I wrote this down, give people a chance. Many people have not seen biblical community modeled well in their lifetime. Can anybody attest to that? They have not seen biblical community modeled well, so they are learning to be nice. They are learning how to not be mean and nasty. Some people, it is hard, it's literally hard for them to smile. It does not come naturally. And if you know that ahead of time, you can do what? Bear with one another in love until, until, the fruit of the spirit begins to be, begins to dominate their personality you have to bear with one another in love they might just be kind of mean and and have some broken areas in their life and we need to love on those people some people are afraid of rejection and they want to immediately prove their worth and their intellect and their spiritual prowess or they were raised in a technological age where they do not know how to do things like answer text or return phone calls or acknowledge that you even exist and what do we need to do we need to bear with one another in love when you, because if you choose from this day forward to start walking in community with people, you're going to eventually come across somebody who is not going to return your phone call. 
I'm the most guilty of it all, mostly because I am, I, I have all these things running through my head and I'm also like low administration. So I'm like, what was I supposed to do? What was I supposed to do? I asked, you know, the guy who was leading this morning and did an amazing job, Josh. Josh and I, Josh actually set it up. He checks in with me once every week and ask me to ask him, what do I need? What am I forgetting? What did I not do? What did I not remember? And he, he, has, he has helped me tremendously. <laughs> it helped me tremendously because those are things that I forget. I'm, I'm spinning a lot of plates and juggling a lot of things. And so thank you for bearing with me <laughs> in love. Can we all shout this together? It says, freedom happens together. Say it. Freedom happens together. Turn to one person near you and say it to them. Freedom happens together. It's just helpful for, for you to say it and for you to see it being said. It, it, it kind of breaks up the monotony. There are some areas of freedom that are rarely conquered alone. Can we talk about that for a moment? There are a few areas that are rarely conquered alone. I'm going to share these with you. And we actually have a handout with like 20 plus scriptures on each one of these areas that are prepared for you. And I think we may be able to have these available by next week, but I just wanna introduce them as we're you know walking through the series. Areas of freedom that are rarely conquered alone. The very first one is a word that you may not be used to. It's called lordship. Lordship. Who calls the shots in your life? When you are unsure or unwilling, what voice wins? And God's gift through community is that you would experience multiple examples of people navigating through making Jesus Lord in every aspect of their life. Because every person in here who is loving and seeking and following after God is in a different stage of God saying, well, can I be Lord over that too? Can I be Lord over that too? There might be one individual who is like dealing with that as far as their profession. There may be somebody dealing with that as far as their, as far as their family or their money or, or their, their body, what they're doing with their body. This, it, we're all in different stages. But the gift that God gives to the community is that as you choose to function in community, you and you spend time outside of just sitting in service and going home, as you begin to get closer to other people's lives, you start to see examples and ways that people are navigating through making Jesus Lord. Can you say Lordship? The next one is this, another weird word we don't use every day. It's called mammon, mammon. Who or what are you working for? What are you spending your life serving? God's gift to the community God's gift through community is that you, as you start to function in closer relationship with people, you start to get perspective. And I'll even say this, you start to get godly perspective. Because I promise you that 
every aspect of your life. If you watch TV, if you surf through the news, or sorry, surf through the web, or you watch the news, there are countless voices that are working to, to influence what you call most important in your life. There are things that are pressing towards you and they are leaning on you on a daily basis to make you say, oh, that's important. Oh, I really gotta do that, that's important. If I don't do that, this is where I found myself in 2013. I was chasing after a couple of things that, that have no eternal impact. I was, I was fighting for them and, I, and pulling for them. Oh, and it was killing me. Mammon. Ooh. And it was in that context as I began to move closer in relationship with people that, that some of my perspectives got rocked. I'm like, oh, how could you, how could you say that? How could you say that? I had a mentor tell me, <laughs> oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. Sitting across the table, this is, this is spurring and it's all, all that stuff, all that wrapped in one. We're sitting across the table and we're having a conversation and this individual says, wow, you sure are spinning in circles right now. I went, yeah, it's so hard, so hard. He goes, too bad that none of that matters at all. And then stares at me with no blink. And you know, I went from, <laughs> because I, I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> And he just let that thing set in. I'm like, you are not pulling any punches. It was in that space that I began to get a shift in my perspective of what I was working for and what was I spending my life doing. In biblical community, you develop perspective on what really matters. If you are not regularly in community, TV, movies, magazines, news, your workplace, your boss, your upline, they will dictate to you what is most important. The next one is rejection. What pains are you still holding? What feelings of rejection have lingered rather than resolved? God's gift to the community is a gift through community is that you would find acceptance. I believe this is God's plan. Now, we were talking earlier today about honesty card. Here's my honesty card. We as the body of Christ are not fully there yet as far as everyone, everyone feeling that embrace of God's arms around them when they, when they come from brokenness. We're not there yet but this is the picture of God's family. May God empower us to love in a way that causes the spirit of rejection to come off of people in 2020. Amen. Our next one is purity. What has been given open access to your soul? What has the keys to your heart?
God's gift to the community is simply that you are challenged in this area. That you are challenged in this area. Once upon a time, I loved the most gory action movies that ever existed. If they were, if they were shooting people and stepping on, yeah, I was like really, really into it. Not only did I, I love it and own them all, but there, it got to the point where in my head, <laughs> in my head, when, you know, things would go wrong, I'm sitting in traffic, you know, that's an obvious place. So I'm in traffic or like somebody says something real sideways or crazy to me in my head I'm playing through action movies I'm like okay all right and I remember going whoa 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 that's not good that's not good and it was it was in community with other believers that I began to go huh that that's kind of a challenge to me. Ooh, I'm going to have to work on that. I'm going to have to work on that. So that has been, uh, that was a gift. That has been a gift because clear skies, hallelujah. Next couple, shame is one. And it says this question, what lies have you believed about who you are at your core? God's gift to the community is simply this, that you would find affirmation. You would literally find affirmation. We sing songs about God removing our shame and, and those who have experienced um, God lifting their shame just by a show of hands. If you have ever felt God deliver you or like just that, that thing, that shame lift off of you, would you wave, wave your hand? Okay, now watch this. How many of you, as you, how many of you, as you have felt God uh, remove shame from you? How many of you experienced that in a place of community? You were like, you know what? I was actually, oh, I was in a service. You know what? I was in this place. I was in this meeting. It was a friend that prayed for me. Hands all around. There, there are these moments. God literally has designed it for us to get healed and to get delivered and to set free. It, a lot of that happens in community. It happens when you walk in close relationship with another believer. Next one, healing. Have you had your heart broken by people and circumstances? Or are you facing a sickness that needs God's intervention? God's gift to the community is that you would find support. That, that whatever you're facing, they're going to be there. The Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I believe that that is 100% true. And that as we, the body of Christ, it is also comes to us to, to, to be those who will not leave and not forsake. But we will be present. We will support. We will cheer for, pray for, fight for. So until people come to a place of their brokenness being healed and their, and their sicknesses being recovered. Fear is another one. What areas have you been living in fear? What areas of life have intimidated you from moving forward and upward? I believe that God's gift 
through community is that you would find covering. I think about Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I think of Psalms 92. I think verse 13, it says, planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. Come on. That, these are things that give you an advantage in life. And, and, and as we commit to these, great breakthrough can happen. One more that I want to share with you, heaviness and depression. Is there a cloud that, that tends to cover, a darkness that tends to dominate your mood and your thoughts? I believe God's gift through the community is that you would have access to the throne, that, that you would be able to lift and extend your hands and worship in the, in the gathering. In, you can always do that at home. You can always do that in your car. But I know that the Bible says where there's two or more gathered, he's in the midst. It says when you touch and agree, you have what you ask for. There is something different about when we come together and we begin to lift our hands and we begin to worship and we begin to have access, access to everything to, to, to heaven's resources, amen? So I'm gonna close with this scripture. We've talked about God's plan for community and seeing freedom happen in each of your lives through community. I wanna read this scripture to you. I want you to see how this is actually happening. I started crying as I was reading through the scripture when I saw it through these lenses. A few days later, when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him because, uh, get to Jesus, to him, Jesus get him to Jesus because the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and they lowered the man on the mat he was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Some Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does, why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, those were the mean and nasties. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or get up and take your mat and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, and he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. It's a good scripture. This story starts off with a large gathering, the word was preached. And then there was a small group that went above 
and beyond, <laughs> there was a small group that literally went above and beyond just the crowd gathering. They were willing to carry this person for a while. It was hard because he was stuck. And they were unwilling to see him stay that way. They dug through barriers with expended energy and a coordinated effort. They carefully brought this man to Jesus in the midst of the gathering. Do you guys see that there? Jesus, Jesus healed his spiritual condition first. And then after that, he healed his physical condition. And the byproduct of it is that people were what? Amazed. And what did they say? We have never seen anything like this happen. A committed small group in the midst of the larger gathering facilitated forgiveness and healing. And even though it was messy and there were some mean, nasty people in there too, God was glorified and the people were amazed. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to just shout. Right there is a, it, it is a picture of what the small group, the, the objective of the small group, what they're supposed to do and what they are meant to accomplish. And everyone is capable of doing it. Join a small group. Start a small group. Amen? Freedom happens together. There's three people in this room today. No, there's three types of people in this room today. The very first is you might be here among the crowd and you don't feel a closeness with Jesus. And you know what? You might need a group to help carry you for a while and break through some barriers until they can carefully bring you and set you before Jesus. The other person that's in this room today is a person that has, doesn't know anything about Jesus. They don't know a thing about Jesus. If that is you, you may want to meet him. And we have a prayer team that's actually going to gather right up here. And as after the service is over, if this is you, I want you to walk up to the front and you say, I want to meet Jesus. That, I'm not talking about church. I'm saying, I want to meet Jesus. And they're going to pray and they're going to agree with you in some areas so that you can start the best journey you will ever take in your life. The third type of person that's in this room is a person that you might already know Jesus. And maybe I want to ask this question. Do you feel that it's time for you to help bring someone that is stuck like this paralyzed man, do you feel it's time to bring someone that is stuck through their barriers and carefully set them before Jesus? Freedom happens together. If there are any, any in that third group, 
I literally want to talk with you after, after service. I'll come up here because we are planning, as you can probably tell from the message series, we are moving the church in this direction to get people in relationship. How else are we going to thrive in life if, if we don't do it through relationship, leaning on one another, functioning as the body of Christ? That is God's intention. There is a fourth group in here, and that is, I call it the lunch bunch, and that's everybody who's like super hungry. I'm hungry. I just want to go, man. Just finish. All I have for you today is this question. Would you do me a favor and identify one human being, one person, one relationship that will take your life to a greater level of freedom this year? Identify one person. Know who that is and that you would take a step this week to reach out to them and say, you know, I want to move forward and up. I want to move forward and up. That way, if you don't know the spiritual terms to use or any of that stuff, just say, I want to move forward. I want to move up. How do I do that? Okay. Since 2013, I got involved with a group of friends in a small group. I have had an ongoing meeting with a mentor and to create progress in every one of those areas that were named, every one of those I was dealing with. And, and it has been made all the difference in my life. I would never have imagined that in 2020 that I'd be here and I'd be sharing the stories of the things that were happening to me because I thought it was over then. I literally thought that was the end, but it wasn't. And it's not the end for you either. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to pray. Those of you who feel like you have had not had a closeness with Jesus and would like to, just wave your hand all over the building. And then those of you who have not walked in a relationship with God. You don't know anything about Jesus, but you would like to start that step. Just wave your hand. And we're going to pray for you this morning. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. And finally, those of you who feel like maybe it's time for me to help someone who has been stuck. Maybe it's time for me to take a step and to help carry someone. Would you just wave your hand this morning? Excellent. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. And we're going to pray this prayer together. Those of you who would like additional prayer, our prayer team is available on either side by the communion tables. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your desire for my life is that I would live in freedom. I want your freedom, God. I accept Christ into my heart and into my life every area make me new and Lord I pray that you would speak to me throughout this week help me to move forward and up not just for myself but for the person on my right and for the person on my left for the people in my home, the people on my job, 
and the people in my community. I will be an ambassador for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.